My name is Alicia. I am a serial fintech entrepreneur from Israel, and I'm I here to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host. This is uh, Paul Kemp. So, what I do with this show is I go around the world and I interview lots of uh, successful app entrepreneurs. Um, today, I'm actually recording this from Indonesia, and I'm chatting with uh, our guest who is in Singapore. Uh, he's just driven there, and uh, he is a successful app entrepreneur. You're going to learn a lot. Uh, from uh, our guest today. Do remember that if you enjoy my content, uh, I would love a five-star review from you on iTunes. It really does help out, and uh, and also you can leave um, uh, any any positive comments uh, you like on other uh, podcasting apps that you may use. Uh, so let me uh, get to today's episode underway and introduce uh, Kay Minglani. Kay Minglani is the co-founder of Mind Valley, and he has built several apps. Two of which have become well. In fact, I, I know many of which have become successful uh, apps with millions of users. And he's done some really innovative stuff, and he's been featured many times. We're going to learn a lot from Kay. Kay, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. So, let, well, let's talk about the successes because we love to hear about success stories. Um, how have you, you know, got on with um, attracting so many millions of downloads? What's the secret? Ingredients uh, that you're doing to get this number of uh, users. Ah, ph- phenomenal! I don't think there is an easy way for sure. With every every year that passes by in an entrepreneur's life, you tend to lose more hair. So I don't I don't think there is any shortcut or an easy way here. But we we started in 2013. That's when we actually started working on our first app, um, and we were one of the few lucky ones who actually hit it off in the first app. Um, usually, never ever happens. And after that, we went on did, did several other apps, which which did not get any installs or which did not were not even half as popular as the first one. Um, the first app that we did was actually in the space of meditation and personal growth. Um, it goes by the name Omvana. And um, at, at a given time, we were number one top grossing in about 37 countries in about health, health and fitness category. Um, so how did we go about it? We actually um, gathered inspiration from a couple of people. 2013 was the year when Apple was just settling in the app market. They had about a couple of hundred thousand apps, uh, nowhere as close to what they have right now. The book App Empire had just hit the hit hit the bookstores. We, we were the first ones to grab a copy. Uh, it's written by a guy called Chad Moretta. Um, and, and the guy was creating emoji apps back then. And we were like, I think we can create something better and more meaningful. And 2013 was somewhere around the time when when Google guys were talking about moonshot and, and toothpaste companies, which means something that a user would use day in, day out. And that's where we wanted to merge what we learned from some of the other apps and try to create something that people would use um, every single day. That was the number one lesson that we we learned. And then we continue to work on that one. How can we create an app which people would use every single day? And we thought that meditation and personal growth was one area which was super niche. Nobody was focusing on it back then. Only Headspace had started to emerge. And we were like, I think we can nail it. And we And we went... Uh, spent a couple of months and built that app. So that's how we got started. Now, I love this already. I mean, in all the 500-odd episodes I've had, I've never heard the term toothpaste apps. And um, the, <laughs> I guess that means that yeah. um, it's an app that we use every single day. Uh, and uh, we often overlook that. Uh, and a meditation apps. So I built a meditation app, and it uh, pretty much tanked. Uh, but 
you managed to uh, get this phenomenal growth. Uh, was there any particular point in time that uh, you can look back on and say, well, that, that was what uh, achieved our success? Was it being featured or getting a, a mention in a top journal? So I actually think um, there are a couple of things, and let me just give some some of the people who are listening in just just a quick glimpse of how those how those things r- rank in some ways. So if you are looking for um, spending insane amount of money to build an app and launch the product, uh, my suggestion is don't save your save your money and don't don't burn that for sure because you're gonna spend let's say fifty sixty thousand US US dollars build the best product. And hope a lot of users would come in, and that that never holds true. Given that we have about 3.5 million apps on the App Store, um, to grab that eyeball, you will either have to have deep pockets, um, otherwise you're not going to get the users. So coming back to your question, what did we do that some of those things that actually worked in our favor? Number one is don't rely on PR. PR will only go so far in getting you that that bump that you need in the App Store. The only thing that only magic word here is the user. You have to have to have to um, address the user's pain point and thus and get that user at least um, logged back into the app at least three times, if not more. So I'll give you another couple of real strong examples, and we'll only focus on user as a concept and nothing else for the next few minutes. Um, we realize that if we are in the meditation space, or let's take an example, you're in the tourism space, or somebody's in the in the in the social media media app space, um, you you gotta realize that when in US is is sleeping, Asia is awake, somebody should be using your app here. And when Asia sleeps, somebody needs to be using your app in the US. So that's the first concept, which is a toothpaste concept that we spoke about. Second is you, you got to focus on not bothering the user and going straight to delivering the value, which means don't bother you the user with 15,000 pop-ups and then deliver what your app has to say. Give the value first and a user will 100% come back again. Right. So that's point number two. Point number three is make sure you have a lot of freebies in the stuff and, and don't have too much freebies because then the user will only consume the free stuff and never get to paying, paying you for it. So point number one, we said, look at a concept which, which the users are going to use either both sides of the world, West and the East. Second is give genuine value and give it as quickly as you can without too many pop-ups. Right? And number three is make sure you have enough free content to keep the user engaged and make sure the user logs in at least two to three times because Apple uses 100% that as an algorithm and so does Google on Android. Uh, user needs to log back into the app and there has to be constant interaction with those limited set of users that you initially get in the first 40 days or first 60 days. Should I go on? I mean, there are that, a couple of more things. Uh, well, first of all, let me... I would love for you to... I, I love this yeah. content and uh, the, the experience you're sharing with us now. So what I've just summarized from you is make sure... Point number one, make sure the app is has a worldwide appeal uh, uh, so that it can be used uh, around the world uh, to continue... Uh, you know, when, when sort of part of the world is sleeping, the other part is uh, then waking up and using your app whilst brushing their teeth. <laughs> the second is uh, uh, don't bother the user too much. And I think we overlook that so often um, because we want to monetize our apps so quickly uh, and yet we, we kind of forget to give the value first. Uh, and uh, the third point you mentioned is uh, make, make sure we have uh, enough freebies but not too many to make it uh, like a free app and, and uh, not attract any uh, in-app purchases. 
Um, and, and what I've learned also is that uh, Apple do and Google, Google look at the number of times you actually have users log in back into your app, not just like pure downloads. Um, so yeah, yeah. wonderful yeah. stuff. Yeah, because, because in today's world, it's super easy. I could give you 5,000 US dollars and you could show a, show a Facebook ad to somebody, let's say in remote parts uh, of India or Thailand or Indonesia and get like a cent or five cents or 10 cents and install. Is that user going to use the app? No. And is is Apple and Google sophisticated enough to actually filter that in their algorithm? 100% yes. So if you are buying users that are not going to open the app and come back two times, don't bother. Don't spend your money on Facebook trying to get users that are not going to open the app and use it. You're actually doing disservice to your own self by by actually killing the app algorithm and 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 it'll, it'll you'll take two times or 10 times as hard to rank back up once you acquire traffic that's never never going to use the app. So that's one important point that most developers miss out. They think, hey, I've spent $30,000 or $40,000 building this really cool app. Let me spend $5,000 more and get really cheap traffic on Facebook or on Google or through AdWords or through re-engagement of your own sublist. And get me, let me, let me see what happens if I get 30,000 installs. But chances are, if you're buying really cheap traffic, they're not going to open the app. They're probably coming through playing a game, then installing the app just to get a free credit, or somehow they're coming through whatever sources. But if they are non-engaged user or they're not your target audience, do not waste your money on those installs. Yeah, and Kay, what are, um, one of the biggest challenges I think the listeners of the Apps to Tribe have uh, when they, they, they kind of talk to me is uh, the, the fact of um, uh, spending a lot of money on an app uh, initially uh, and then, you know, watching uh, just the app attract a few downloads a day and being really, um, you know, kind of upset that it's, uh, that they've invested so much so then they chase the downloads. Well, what I'm learning from you is, is there a, um, I guess, is there a way of trying to reduce the upfront cost by doing an MVP or some minimum viable product beforehand? Yeah, I, I would do the other way around. I would actually pick up the phone and actually call two SEO companies and actually ask them to give me a quote of their services. And in return, I would just say, if you want to give me a quote, I might might not work with you, but I want you to give me the, all the keyword research in this particular industry and tell me what's popular out there. Those are five calls that you would possibly make and five companies who are, who are really big giants in the SEO space or advertising space will come to you and just say, this is where the magic lies. This is the keyword. So these are the people, what are, this is what people are searching. That not only validates your idea free of cost, but also gives you reassurance that tomorrow you were to spend traffic, you have third parties vetting out that, hey, there's enough traffic, enough key volume, enough searches in that space. So you will not be the only ones trying to float out there. Um, second is, I know it could be if you've spent some, some, some money or you have an idea on the app store, I think it's, there are several, several entrepreneurs would tell you the same thing. Don't spend all the money that you have trying to build that, that fancy, leather bag that you can market to somebody else always try and sell something really really cheap so i'll give you an example we did an app just purely based on marketing like we probably spent six thousand dollars building that entire piece and we called it the world's most boring app right it was an app around around sleep just by marketing it in that funny way we got to test the audience because the initial response on the youtube video was phenomenal uh we didn't we hadn't even made the app we just made a video and and um, ask people to, to say, hey, this app launches in 20 days. 
be the first ones to actually figure it out. And and sublist size grew from 10,000 to 40,000 to 80,000. And that's when we were like, I think we before we spend more backend money, spend more, put more servers on it. I think there's, a, there's something that's magical going on here. And that's when we actually pushed the app out. So MVP, yes, do it. Uh, get other companies in the keyword space, in the SEO space, in the marketing space to actually quote you. Uh, if you can find an app marketing company, pick up their brain, brains for free um, and then go ahead and build the app. And um, my suggestion is if you are looking at a paid app, um, spend good money on design. Do not compromise on design. Um, whereas most most people who are trying to build an MVP just go straight for hiring the top developer and building the app. Um, and, I, and I can go a little deeper in this concept because I think this is super ultra important um, for any anybody. So I actually think just to go a little deeper on this one is design is the most prime thing. And design doesn't just mean the how it looks and feels. It's the, it's the aesthetics. Is that is the look and feel? Is the is the navigation? Is what the user is experience? What colors you are using? Um, if you look at the brands, um, there are fitness brands like Zumba, or or other companies out there who are, um, let's say in in the energy energetic workout or dance space. They're all about bright colors. They will have in the basic example like Color Run. You know, you are playing with colors and when, when doing a 5k bright bright logos bright images some of those things also add to aesthetics and the most important thing is of course your ux and ui um and if you can read read up a book on the google ventures framework of of or tom chi who's the google x founders framework on rapid prototyping and the second thing you should do is a do a discovery phase there are free resources available out there on discovery phases as well as rapid prototyping for you to be able to quickly sketch your app uh, and test it and and spend more time in designing the navigation and, and the and the look and feel and, and the what the user is going to be experiencing that jumping straight to developing i think developing if you can delay the developing by three months and just focus the first three months on on ironing it out you will see every single dollar that you spend on building it will actually give you back money or will be a good roi yeah, I think that's one of the biggest mistakes uh, that I've uh, encountered uh, and we're trying to help people overcome is that they, they want to invest uh, like a majority of their money in, in just getting an app ready and, you know, it may take a year <laughs> developing it and then they're pushing it out. Um, so what I love to hear from you, Kay, is that it's better to uh, actually just take your time, prototype uh, and... Uh, you know, put sort of wait and, and uh, you know, and then eventually have an app that is likely to be used. Yeah, I'll give you another. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to go deeper in this concept, uh, Paul, since you asked. Um, if you look at, we just recently launched a really, really flagship app um, called Quest, Q-U-E-S-T-S. Um, it's it's an app around, of course, daily personal growth, but it it's designed around micro learning and it challenges the user to actually complete um, a learning module of, let's say, some of the world's best teacher around the world. Let's say Robin Sharma is on the app teaching you um, how to be, how to become hero genius legend or how to be that that linchpin in an organization. Or if you are an entrepreneur or a C-level executive, how to be that be that linchpin in the company. And we have several other uh, teachers from Howard um, to Wim Hoffman to a couple of others. We spend roughly four months just going back and forth with with some of the actual users 
and designing this app without even writing a single line of code. We actually said, if this is the target audience, let's pick up the phone and call them with every single iteration we make of the app. And we had literally dummy plastic boxes, which we had had taken colored printouts on. This was the actual app. And we actually placed them on our, on our, on our table and we actually did about 25 interviews um, every single week till we got that perfect, nav perfect navigation of why a user would consume the way it would consume and what would the learning look like. We literally spent three months, that's 90 days, before even we, before we even wrote a single line of code. Uh, and that actually saved us not only really precious money, but actually we were able to get that initial 50,000, 60,000 users and actually get the maximum value from them. Okay, this is extremely valuable because uh, I've, again, you know, in all these episodes we've recorded, it's very rare that we hear the concept of interviewing the first four months of like your project, just interviewing the users and getting to know what uh, really they're looking for. Uh, this this is massively valuable. And I'm sure that every, pretty much 90% of people listening do not do that step when pushing an app onto the app store. Yeah. And if I had a hundred dollars and if I were to spend that building an app, I would allocate, I would save that hundred dollars for the first 90 days, um, nail the design, spend the first 25 to $30 just being a really, really, really good designer in nailing the app for sure. And let that, let, not only, I would have that designer question me as much as, as he can from a user journey perspective or an onboarding perspective and the remaining $70 that I'm left with I would spend about $20 more or $25 more in a robust backend and the remaining on developers and I would I would be I would be a hundred percent certain that I've interviewed everybody I cannot go wrong with at least the user base I've spent enough money on the design which means the user will have a phenomenal experience and the remaining my developers are doing anyways a good job of actually building it out and I would choose one last thing, which is what is my actual strategy? Can I test this concept on web or can I test this on iOS? I would make that decision before writing a single line of code. You know, Kay, I wish I'd met you earlier. When I pushed up my meditation app, I did everything completely opposite to what you're suggesting. And uh, that's probably why it failed. So it's lovely to go through all these steps and help everyone, uh, you know, just try and get, give them the best opportunity. Um, is there any other steps then you kind of, um, in the last uh, few minutes we have to, to be, you know, talking with each other, is there any other uh, valuable insights that you can think of that were, could help others who are struggling to just get that, that hit that they're looking for? I would say research. If uh, that's the number one thing I tell my marketing guy, I mean, I, if, if that marketing person or if my partner or if even me for that matter, have not studied the app store um, enough, I would say just stop. There is no point no point launching the app. So everybody on my team has test devices um, in every single form or shape, either if it's a tablet or an Android or an Apple TV or an Apple Watch. Um, and, and they have to wake up and actually install one to three apps every single day and actually experience them. And I've given them a budget of, let's say, $100 every single week that you can go ahead and even install the paid apps just to see what's out there. Because 99% of the time, if you think you have a great idea, the neighbor next door has even even greater. So unless and until you're studying the app store, um, again, do not jump into it till the time you think you are, you have thorough understanding of the US app store or the local app store that you are targeting. 
Uh, and even if, let's say, you're in Southeast Asia or, or Indonesia, for that example, um, you should look at US App Store as well as the App Store that we're launching the app in. So, so Kay, we have uh, a couple of minutes left. I just would love to know, like, you know, from a successful app entrepreneur, what was it like? What was that feeling? Can you give us that, that day when you logged into the uh, your developer account and you saw this huge spike in uh, downloads or you knew that you had a hit? What did that feel like to know that you're on the road to success? Yeah, I think I just felt happy for the team more than more than the feeling because I know they put in 10 times the effort that I put in and they were super passionate. I mean, we still have a picture where all of us were in the office till 2 a.m. That was the time we actually got featured by Apple on their top 10, 10 apps on the health side. Uh, and we were the first ones to actually feature on the iOS 10. Um, so that was a good feeling. And that actually is, um, reinstilled the fact that you gotta you gotta utilize the market space to your advantage. Listen to what these guys are launching. Work and work with their technologies. Like the minute Apple came out with HealthKit, we were like, "Don't worry, stop everything. Just focus on what the HealthKit is all about, and be the first one to actually ship that product." Because Apple's gonna pick it up, feature you guys any which ways if you have done a good job. Um, and our only objective was how do we repeat that feeling that we got when we had the first um, hundred thousand dollars in our account? Was how do we replicate that feeling by just being the best of every single feature that the marketplace, either Android or on the iOS side, actually gives that to us. If, if iOS gives you a new app store, which is iOS 11, uh, and you can have collaterals, you can have videos, make sure you're the first one on it. Make sure you have spent enough time and, and you're shipping the right product. So it's just about for us that replicating that feeling all over again. And it, it involves a lot of hard work. Yes, that's what you, there's no doubt about it. Uh, but yeah, I hope that answers the question. Yeah, absolutely. And another genius golden nugget you've just given us, uh, concentrate on those things that Apple uh, are bringing out new on the iPhone because that's the, the, the yeah. apps they're likely to feature. Uh, incredible. Uh, Kay, how best can people reach out and connect with you and Mind Valley? What, what's the best way of getting in touch? You can. They can just email me. I'm super active on email, even though I travel a lot. Uh, but they can just email me K, the letter K, at mindvalley.com. And I'm, I'm, I'll be more than happy to help out. Wonderful. K, it's been a, a incredibly enjoyable episode to record. This is why I do this podcast, is to meet people like yourself. Uh, thanks so much for coming on. No, thanks for doing it, by the way. I know there are a lot of people who, would, who actually benefit a lot from this. So thanks for doing this job, by the way. <laughs>